No one's as dumb as I look. Radio Drome. Welcome to another episode of Radio Drome. I am Josh Hadley. With me, as always, is the slime glopola monster himself, the Peter. That is correct. Mr. Dries Up, because he's too prissy to keep the slime on himself, Cecil. I like Bukaki. I like Bukaki. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not going to come back to haunt you at some point. That's pretty slimy. And speaking of Bukaki... It certainly is. <laughs> there you go. I gave you a segue. You go to adamandeve.com. You use the promo code DROME, D-R-O-M-E, and you will get 50% off a single item, three free DVDs, a free sex swing, and free U.S. shipping. All for using the promo code DROME at adamandeve.com. This is Peter's topic. Peter wanted to talk about slime glopola monster movies. Not even just monster movies, but just like slime movies in general, movies that are slimy, movies that feature people deteriorating to weird, goopy, unrecognizable states. And and I think it's a much bigger genre that Josh thinks that it is. I think it's a quite large one and one that we haven't really discussed much. Okay, but it, it all depends on how much you're going to throw into this genre. Like, the ending of Raiders of the Lost Ark has a bunch of people melting into nothing, but I really wouldn't call that a slime glopola movie. Oh, no, it's not. But it's got I slime glopola parts. I think in general, it's it's the kind of the genre that fits into what is called body horror. So you've got your uh, street trash, you've got uh, body melt, you've got the blob, you've got movies that kind of are just slimy. And usually involve, as Peter said, you know, someone melting at some point. Or throughout the film. Or throughout the film. They, you know, or the, incre- I get the Incredible Melting Man. The Incredible Melting Man might be the first in what we would consider. I mean, you had other, like, you know, stuff like the Quatermass Experiment where, you know, the guy is mutating and stuff like that. But I, I don't know if I would call that a slime movie where Incredible Melting Man is literally just that. It, it's a man melting for 90 minutes. You mm-hmm. could even classify the um, David Cronenberg's fly as that, too. Deteriorating throughout the film, becoming something different, much like how the Incredible Melting Man does. He's melting into a puddle. (laughs) He's becoming a puddle. (laughs) And then he gets, and then he gets swept up and thrown into the dumpster at the end. (laughs) Now that's an ending. That certainly is. What, what ending has there ever been in a movie where the monster of the film has killed countless people and some janitor just kind of sweeps them up and throws them in the trash at the end? It's almost, uh, to the tier and equivalence of, of ridiculousness as, uh, giving the monster a cancerous tumor to kill it, like from Mutant. Forbidden World, yes. yes. Well, in, in the case of Incredible Melting Man, I, I think that ending, which I do think is a great ending, is is part of the problem with the movie because William Sachs wanted to make that movie as like a satire of monster movies, but then the producers overruled him and re-edited it. So the bulk of the movie is played relatively straight, and then you have those just straight-up comedy moments like the ending that feel wrong in contrast with the rest of the movie, though. I think that kind of makes it better, though, is that it's, like, dead straight the whole time, and then it's, you just have this, like, very non-ending. It's kind of great. Did you get the crackers? 
enough with the damn crackers. <laughs> Just tell more people what your name is. He was very, 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 he wanted his goddamn crackers. <laughs> yes, he did. Okay, he Polly. Did. But okay, so, so you've got something like Incredible Melting Man, which, as much as we all do kind of enjoy it, there's really no story. It's literally a man melting and running around and being chased. It's that yeah, for 90 minutes. There's no false advertising there. He's a melting man, and he's incredible. I actually like the very, very ending of that movie the best. The radio mm. broadcast. That, you know, this is all happening because of, like, the they never are very clear, but, you know, the radiation from Saturn or whatever that hurt him. Although, they do never explain what happened to the other two guys or how he got back from Saturn, but whatever. But they're sending another manned mission to Saturn, so dun-dun-dun, the movie's going to happen again. Sequel bait. But, so, Pete, you want this was your topic, like, what other Slam Glopola monster movies do you want to discuss? I mean, everybody, I think, uh, well, not everybody, but people kind of in our niche sort of market group, they all know about the stuff. They all know about street trash, stuff like that. But I think a few that are overlooked, one of my personal favorites is Slime City. Now, that is an excellent little slime uh, Glopola movie. Actually, very much in the same vein as Street Trash and the stuff because it has to do with ingesting something that would be considered kind of normal at first. Like it's, it's a, I think it's a wine in uh, Slime City and it turns him, turns the dude into this weird gloopy yellow thing monster that has an insatiable lust for, for killing people. And he just gets worse and worse throughout the movie. That one is, for anybody that, that likes this kind of stuff, that's a fantastic little flick. Well, if you're talking about ingesting, then w what about Black Dynamite, where ingesting the beer is making all the black men's penises smaller? Well, that's, that's you a mean, different, that's a different yeah, and far more scary kind of body horror. Oh, uh, well, it was, It's um, still body horror, isn't it? It is. Anaconda, was it Anaconda Malt Liquor? Gives yes. you, ooh! And who says, ooh, Little Richard? <laughs> so, Anaconda Malt Liquor gives you Little Richard? <laughs> little Dick! Ah, <laughs> oh, fantastic. I always stick by um Street Trash was yes. kind of the probably the first what would be considered body horror or slime glopola or whatever you want to call it movie. Uh it always stuck with me because I remember I had seen that in the video store and the cover sticks right you're like oh my god i need to see this movie the dude like melting into the toilet right the dude melting into the toilet it's a really striking cover it, it is really and you is. know what it completely showcases exactly what you get in the film too because it's a very colorful slimy movie yeah and the beauty of it is it wasn't just the cover it was actually in the movie now mm -hmm. granted it was the end of the movie but still you get a really good payoff like how many now, movies that, have had that's the the toilet scene isn't the end that's um that's kind of halfway through it's that dude that steals the guy's viper and then goes off into like a little abandoned building and drinks it and then he melts into the toilet really it's i can't yeah. remember that being the end okay, the i end mean it's movie, been a the long that like uh it's the crime boss that uh, ends up drinking it because he's got that um, bellboy or, or whatever, the guy, the um, doorman that uh, ends up snitching on him. And then he's got a bottle of Viper on him and the mafia dude drinks it and then he melts. And then the, I think, uh, doorman boy kid uh, becomes like the crime boss. This is all, that all happens like during the ending credits. I've, I've seen this movie way too many fucking times. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need to, yeah, I need to dig it up and watch it again. It's been uh, far, far too long since I've seen it, apparently. Now, but, here's uh, something I'd like to, because Street Trash and Robocop both came out the same year. What came out first? Because what started this? I swear it could have been Emil melting at the end of RoboCop that started this whole melting craze. Well, Emil melting is actually a direct reference to Incredible Melting Man. Paul Verhoeven yeah. admits that. So, mm -hmm. so I think really this whole thing starts 
with Incredible Melting Man. Although, Melting Man, yeah. Although, like I said before that, you have, I guess what would be the pre-code equivalents, like the Quatermass Experiment, that's a pretty graphic body horror movie. You just don't, mm. we don't see the bulk of it. And technically, he's turning into a plant monster. It, it, it's kind yeah. of vague because, you know, he is from outer space, so it wouldn't be a plant the way we think of it. He's melting. And, you know, Quatermass is trying to figure out what's going on for a 50s monster movie. I remember that movie being relatively graphic for a pre-code film. I just looked at the mm-hmm. dates, too. Street Trash came out, it looks like, before RoboCop. For some reason, I thought Street Trash was inspired by the Emil scene. Like, the effects are very similar. Would you Would you classify the Toxic Avenger as a yes. Slime Glopola movie? Oh, I mean, absolutely. Oh, God. A lot, of tra- a lot of trauma, I think, would fall into that. Yes. Well, yeah, I'm, uh, just, I'm even, just talking from like this era. era. From this era, it would be just Toxic Avenger at this point. Even Class of Newcomb High, I would classify as, like, a Slime Glopola movie. That's a very, very slimy, melty flick. Yeah. I don't give a wet fart what you think. <laughs> when you're talking about these kind of things, let's expand it into just like a body horror type of thing, which would be, you know, most, which is what it is, which would be most of, mm-hmm. you know, Cronenberg's. I would even throw in, I mean, Pete and I were talking about this the other day. I don't know so much. I mean, the tar man from Return of the Living Dead. Yes. But I think more Julie from Return of the Living Dead three, the way she is, she's got to stick shards of metal and glass under her flesh after she turns to make the hunger go away. She becomes a freaking body horror monstrosity by the end, all so she won't eat her boyfriend's brains. That, okay, Return of the Living Dead 3 makes you feel so sympathetic for poor Julie. And that's a hard Mm. thing to do. You feel bad for the brain-eating zombie. (laughs) But the thing was, like, but she was doing everything that she could. Like, she didn't come back from the dead as a zombie. She was just in a situation that she shouldn't have been in. She got bit. And so she's turning into a zombie and she's doing everything she can to not become a zombie. So yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's been years. She's definitely a sympathetic hero and or a sympathetic character. And it, it doesn't hurt that she's like really, really pretty. Even with all shards of metal and stuff sticking out of her, she looks badass. Yeah. Like they did a great job with that. I, I, like I, it's, it's, of, been a, uh, it's been a long time since I've seen Rattled 3, but I don't remember her being bit. I thought she got hit on the head with the motorcycle in the motorcycle accident, and then he used the 245 trioxin to bring her back to life. Right. I, I'm yeah, like, I don't recall her being bit, because I think even in that continuity, being bit doesn't have the same effect. You, you know, mm-hmm. being right. bit You're by right. a zombie doesn't turn you into a zombie. In The Return of the Living Dead, it's... You have to be it's directly exposed to 245 trioxin. Well, yeah, like when it ends up in the atmosphere and it rains down and all that stuff. It's more of an infection kind of thing. Yeah. Airborne right. infection. You're right. She gets, she gets killed and he bring, he goes to his father's facility, uh, after they saw the, uh, you know, the, the zombie and they, he brings her back and yeah, it's, uh, it's something else. It's really cool. And, um, there, there is a, um, the, the original cut for that was so much more violent and there's a lot of like stills on that it was i don't believe it was ever officially released there's like huge chunks of uh of visual effects that got cut out for uh you know for violence sake to try to get it uh even even to unrated but yeah i'd seen stills and like fangoria and stuff over the years and yeah there's some stuff that just i've never seen the actual scene for it i've just seen stills of it even in the unrated cut the, the only problem i really had with return of the living dead 3 just as a film is it 
change the continuity. Now, let's leave Return of the Living Dead 2 out because, you know, that was more of a parody of the first film than anything. The zombies mm. didn't just try to eat flesh. They only wanted your brains. All of a sudden in this one, they're just biting people on the ankles and arms, and it's like, no, they need brains specifically. That These are not typical zombies. So I didn't like the fact that they actually changed the continuity of what the zombies are, but I still like Return of the Living Dead 3, and I think poor Julie with all the stuff stuck in her maybe the most punk rock zombie ever well it was more of an honest sequel than i guess the second one was which was just like straight up lampooning yeah the second one was really really disappointing because the first one is so good and then you're like watching the second one you're like why is this making like the first one yes it was you know it had comedic elements Mm -hmm. you know send more cops like the second one you're like this is just dumb yeah. Like, you know, the second was one was, I think, I think the second one was a satire of the first one. It just didn't work for, I mean, there are a few jokes that work, honestly, but the bulk of that movie doesn't work. There's a movie, if you want to talk about, uh, kind of zombie films, uh, there's a movie from 2013 that I thought was really, really interesting called Contracted. And it was about this girl who gets date raped. And all of a sudden, she starts kind of getting all these, like, weird bruises all over herself. Her eyes, like, are kind of getting cloudy, starting to – her fingernails are falling out. She so keeps very going back much, to – It's uh, very much kind of like a body melt sort of movie. Yeah, but it's, like, it's done very seriously. Like, mm. she's going to the doctor and trying to find out what happened. She's kind of going through, like, this – you know, inner turmoil. They kind of go with, like, she's having problems with her family and stuff because she's, she's gay. And, like, uh, you know, she got raped by a guy and it's just it's this really it's really dark but it's like really good and at one at one point not sorry not to spoil it but i have to bring it up because it's it's just such an awesome scene but it's so gross she's this guy who has been like in love with her for years he goes over to check on her he's like her friend Mm -hmm. and she's like not in her right mind and so she like comes on to him and so they start like kind of you know like it's really dark in the room so he can't see how messed up she is and they start they start having sex and he's like he's like Oh my god, he's like, I've waited so long for this. And mealworms come out of her vagina. Oh. And I'm like, oh, it's so nasty. I need to but see yeah, this. It's, it's pretty cool. It's, it's a, <laughs> it's a very like, it's, it's a slow movie, but the girl who was in the lead did a really good job of carrying the film. Cause I mean, the whole movie basically was her like just falling apart. And what's it uh, called again? I, it's called contracted. Then you've got stuff like not all, but the bulk of David Cronenberg films. Very body melty, particularly The Fly. Well, I wasn't even thinking The Fly. I was thinking Videodrome. The whole his mm. hand forming or the gun melting into his hand with all the biomechanical parts that come out. And, and that's yeah. not even talking about the vagina in his chest with the videotape where he initially <laughs> loses the gun. And if you haven't <laughs> seen the movie, this all sounds weird now that we're saying it out loud. But And it's still <laughs> weird when you watch the movie. But I mean, mm. you know, his hand turns into a gun that's all gloopy and slimy that shoots cancer into people. Because yes. why not, David Cronenberg? Well, Existence had a sort of homage to that where they they eat the, this really disgusting food and it's like fish bones and stuff and they use it to turn into a gun. Like there's a few very Videodrome-ish moments in the film. Mm. Um, I know some people don't like it. I thought it was actually kind of cool. Well, but then, you know, even with Cronenberg, what about something like Naked Lunch? 
you know, you've got like naked lunch is just kind of weird in general, right? Right, but but, yeah. but but you've got like all the 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 mug the people addicted to the mugwump jism, and you got the people who are turning into the mugwumps, and then at, at one point, I know this is near the end of the movie, but where all of a sudden the kind of S and M help housekeeper unzips her own body and is Roy Scheider, Benway, <laughs> you know, and you're just kind of like, yeah, that was not weird. Yeah, that whole I movie is just. What the f***? I was entirely too young the first time I saw that movie. <laughs> I'm watching. Have you it seen going, it again as an I adult? Don't... Oh yeah. I mean, I like it now. When I was, I'm watching it. I'm like, I, I need adult. I need adult. <laughs> Milhouse, Nelson, and Bart walking out of Naked Lunch. I can oh, see two God. things wrong with that title. <laughs> Bart and Fink. Bart and Fink. <laughs> But, I mean, okay, and then you've got The Fly, which is, you know, a Cronenberg film I don't particularly like, but that... What? that uh, I've never liked me? it. I never liked... Bastard. I just, I don't like that movie. I've never liked that film. I don't understand why well, everyone it does, does it, it does very much, it still very much counts as far as... Oh, no, uh, I agree with that. ...this sort of subgenre goes. Like, probably a lot more than uh, Videodrome and Naked Lunch do, because it's literally about a man melting into something else. But on a lighter note, what about a movie like Mutant Hunt? From 1987. Oh, uh, Mutant Hunt is so good. Well, first of all, the title is misleading because they're not mutants. They're freaking cyborgs. Well, they're cyborgs that are becoming mutated mutants. And this cover is awesome. Well, it's got an amazing oh, the cover poster. is awesome. The movie itself, movie itself is awesome with some really great, uh, melty effects. And the movie itself just has a, a very slimy, greasy, uh, oily look to it. It's, it's pretty much street trash meets like Robocop and Terminator. I actually think it was made before yeah. RoboCop. Actually, I I, I want to say I want to say Mutant Hunt was eighty six. Mutant Hunt was eighty seven, but June of eighty seven. Okay. So I think it came out maybe a month before. But RoboCop, I'm sure, was in like production for two and a half years before that. So it's it's probably though I'm pretty sure what it's really aping here is Terminator because you've got all the guys with the really big Arnie like sunglasses and the flat tops and probably more to do with that aesthetic. But it's also very street trash. Esque as well, and it actually came out it came out um, slightly after Street Trash, I would say, but it does have effects that are very akin to that sort of subgenre, especially the just the more melted the cyborgs get, the more goopy and gross they look. Um, and that was, I believe, that was also an Empire releasing, but it nope. wasn't uh, Wizard. Wizard, yes. I, I I like Mutant Hunt. I know a lot of people don't. But you know what? It's it's a pretty enjoyable flick, especially given its That's budget. That's another movie. It's another one that you could classify as sort of like a punk rock movie. Oh yeah, I, I could I could see that easily. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's very much cyberpunk punk rock sort of stuff with some very nice. Uh, it's one I'd, I'd love to see on Blu-ray because it has some for its budget. It has some excellent like goopy cyborg synthetic mixed with like biological looking stuff that's it's all melty and gross and there's a dude with the his like jaw hanging off like that's that's one of uh i had only just seen it recently like maybe a month month and a half ago or so but i really loved it like it's already in uh one of my personal favorite gloopy gloopy monster uh gross oily type movies okay what about speaking of empire what about reanimator does that count because i mean you know mm. he's really injecting a lot of that predator blood into into these guys, and they're really starting to mutate. I'd say from beyond might count a little oh, more. Oh, without a doubt, yeah, from yeah. beyond easily. Like that's a that's a super goopy, slimy movie. I think more more uh, from beyond. What about something like a comedy? Have either of you seen The Dark Backward? Oh, no, not in a long so. time. The worst stand-up comedian of all time, Judd Nelson, starts growing an arm out of his back. 
Yeah, yeah it's I've never very seen that. bizarre. And, that does sound bizarre. And his best friend is Bill Paxton, and then they, their agent is Rob Lowe. Oh, you've sold the, the, me. You've officially sold the, me. The, doc, the doctor is James Caan. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Oh, let me go get the Vaseline. <laughs> <laughs> it's a movie you can't just watch. you kind of got to be prepared for this one. I mean, back me up a little bit on this one, Cecil. You can't just go, you know what? This sounds cool. It's not that kind of a movie, is it? You really need to sit down and just kind of invest in this movie and be like, okay, this is all going to happen. Just let it happen. Just let this, it what's happen. This one called? The Dark Backward. The Dark Backward. Dark Backward. Another one to add to my list. <laughs> like I said, I, I wouldn't technically include that one in this topic, but Judd Nelson does have an arm growing out of his back, which is why his girlfriend leaves Sounds- him in the movie. Sounds fantastic. Because it's, it starts yeah. out, it starts out, they, cause he and Bill Paxton are garbage men, and then he, he's mm. trying to be, Judd Nelson's trying to be a stand-up comic, but he's the worst stand-up comic of all time. He thinks he's just got a bug bite on his back, and it keeps growing mm. into an arm. Sounds a little bit like brain damage. Maybe a little bit, which, you know. Kind of, mm-hmm. yeah, cause that, that one also sort of focuses on something weird that's growing on a guy, and, and it ends up being, uh, some fucked up shit. Well, okay, would, yeah. would body horror count for American Werewolf in London for his friend who keeps deteriorating as the movie progresses? Maybe. Uh, yeah, kind, uh, kind of a combo, a little... combo zombie slash body melt. I would definitely count uh, Brain Damage, though. That's a very goofy yeah. movie. Oh, yeah, no, uh, Brain Damage I would count, yes. I know you guys don't like it, but Cabin Fever. Yes, that is a goopy body melt movie it's for sure. It's a very goopy. And uh, so I said, I'm like, I know you guys don't like it, but. I don't I mean, like the, the movie itself, but I love the effects. Like, I will give it, like, absolute praise for that. What about, what about Akira? Tetsuo mutates yes. pretty freaking hard in that. I mean, he literally gets so big, mm-hmm. he crushes Kaori's head without meaning to. <laughs> <laughs> to a certain degree, yeah, I guess. Well, it's, I mean, I mean it's, even... it's weird because, yeah, it's, it's gloopy animation. Yeah. You could even count like uh if we're gonna do that, you could definitely count like the the Giver manga series as sort of a body melt goopy thing because there's a lot of weird Cronenberg esque body horror all throughout that entire show and the uh animated movies that they made. Like especially when the when the Giver himself dies when he gets the control metal pulled out, he just goes into full on self destruct goopy melty mode. Even looks like something out of street trash. Especially all the all the weird transformations and the experiments and stuff. Like yeah, I'd, so if if I would count that, I would definitely count Akira. What about humanoids from the deep? The humanoids themselves? That's really more just kind of a fish monster movie. Yeah, they're, they're gross fish monsters, but you know, do they? They're kind of already gross fish monsters. Yeah, I mean, they don't really turn into them. Yeah. Okay. Galaxy of Terror. You know, Taffy O'Connell literally is just, just, she's covered in KY jelly as a giant space maggot is raping her to death. Yes. <laughs> Which is another oh, one absolutely. of those ones when, yes. you, that's another one of those ones when you say it out loud, it sounds a little weirder. It's it's definitely weird. I've mentioned that to a few people, and they're just, why would you watch this kind of movie? I'm like, well, it's not the whole movie. It's just part of the movie. It's just the part that everybody remembers. Yeah. But, I mean, you also have Sid Haig being killed by his own severed arm. You've got a, a bunch of the characters come back all covered in KY jelly at the end for the final showdown. I mean, it's a pretty gloopy movie. Even Forbidden World, a.k.a. Mutant, is uh, super gloopy itself. No, Pete, you got to say it like like the German trailer. Mutant! Mutant! Das Ground Emil. <laughs> yes. Mutant! I love that trailer. <laughs> I fucking love that. The narrator puts such gusto into the Mutant! Mutant. There's that little, there's that little pause. Mutant! Das Ground Emil. <laughs> no, but that one's also, you got that weird, like, melty guy in it, and the alien itself is very slimy. There's all the, the cocoon stuff. There's all the, 
regeneration and becoming something else and, and all that shit. It's, it's de- that one's definitely a very slimy one. I think uh, Corman was uh, very much obsessed with slime at that time. I don't know. Did he did he direct either of those or did no. he just produce them? Uh, he hadn't directed a movie since the seventies. His comeback that film, was his, his comeback product. film was uh, Frankenstein Unbound in nineteen ninety. That was his mm. comeback to directing. Oh, okay, okay. We can't forget society. Yes, I mean the oh, ending. Brian Usna. The shunting is quite possibly one of the most gloopy, disgusting endings in a movie ever where you're the movie's ramping up. And by the time it gets there, you're like, I still can't believe what I'm seeing. Like, this is this is insane. This is insanity on film. It has a man whose face is in his butthole. (laughs) Hey, son, you always said I was a butthead. (laughs) <laughs> okay what about what about the frank hentenlotter stuff then the basket cases or i mean frankenhooker may not be gloopy but it's definitely body horror almost in a literal sense yeah. on a date on a date <laughs> <laughs> yeah i would i would say definitely. i'd count it i'd count uh, that one we could even count uh basket case yeah, I would say Basket Case. Basket Case is a slimy, slimy little movie. Okay, then let's let's go back to the granddaddy of all body horror, Frankenstein. Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Hmm. Whether you go with the universal version or whatever version, Frankenstein is sort of the ultimate body horror. It's a zombie film, but it's also a body horror film. Not sure if I would really count Frankenstein. Why? I mean, he's too he's too solid. He's made up of like four different people and an end of fifth person's brain. But it's not very goopy. Because you couldn't do that in the 30s. <laughs> true, yeah, but, but no real version of Frankenstein has been super goopy. Yeah, he's always kind of been like a big lummox. Like he, yeah. he's never been like a big disgusting falling apart thing. He's always been very dry. Well, he's dead. Well, I know, but I'm saying, <laughs> but what I'm saying is that Frankenstein throughout the years in almost, I mean, I, I think that there's probably been more variety of Dracula and more variety of werewolves than there is with Frankenstein. Frankenstein has almost consistently been a big, dry, often flat-topped, like, humanoid. Mm-hmm. Like, there there hasn't really been... I mean, even in, like, the, the Japanese... Um, was it Frankenstein? Frankenstein versus, Conquers uh, the World. Frankenstein with the, Conquers the, the, the World. The boy with the missing tooth. <laughs> right. Even in Frankenstein Conquers the World, he still looked very traditionally Frankenstein. You know, they haven't, for whatever reason, there hasn't been a lot of, uh, you know, variety as far as the base design. Frankenslime. Frankenslime, yeah. Frankenslime, there's a new one. Okay, then what about probably the slimiest alien of all time? Alien. I, hmm. I mean, the thing literally drips KY jelly. I mean, I know in the alien it's yes. not KY, but to us, it literally just exudes KY jelly from itself. And you've also got the whole thing of putting people in, like, goopy cocoons. There's the body horror of the uh, dick with razor-sharp teeth exploding out of you. Well, yes. well, and not just that. The whole face rape thing of it, it's raping your face and implanting something in you. No, definitely. Alien absolutely counts. As, like, a, a solid mainstream example of that sort of thing, it's 100% there. What about then the movie that Alien ripped off, Planet of the Vampires? I've actually never seen that. You've never seen Planet of the Vampires? Yeah. I have not, and if I if I have, I maybe don't remember it, but it's been a while. It's really 60s, and it's really Italian. <laughs> I don't know if that makes it better or, or makes you more or less interested in it, but it's really 60s, and it's really Italian. <laughs> it I, I want to say, without looking it up, Mario Bava made it, but don't quote me on that. 
but it's you know it's got people trying to hold their own guts in as their bodies are deteriorating and stuff like that hmm. so i would say planet of the vampires ridley scott whether he'll admit it or not took a lot of inspiration from planet of the vampires as well as it the terror from beyond space no i get what he was going for and maybe a fox had let him but josh trank's fan four stick he started hinting at various at little points in fan four stick that he was going to go for a cronenbergian style body horror thing but then it constantly pulled back so i don't think fan four stick counts it almost did but kind of fell flat came very close to being a body horror movie but yeah the i don't think they were ever going to let him go as uh as far as he wanted to go it is a shame because like there are moments where you can see what he was going for and mm-hmm. uh, as much as i think he was a spoiled brat about the whole thing you know you kind of he he screwed over his own career you kind of you need to you need to work within the system and figure out a way to kind of make things happen. It's a shame though, because if put that out, like say after Deadpool, he probably would have had more sway to be like, mm-hmm. Hey, you know, they're, they want, you know, with, with like Logan was R and it was serious and Deadpool was R and it was comedy to be like, look, we can make, you know, this into a little bit more of a serious kind of, uh, I know he probably wouldn't say body horror, but a little bit more um, horror aspects into this. And he might've been able to get away with more, you know, but he didn't. And now he's kind of, lost out on a lot of work because he couldn't stop going into the trailer and getting high because he was cranky yeah yeah he's kind of a bitch okay then along those lines going asian how about japan's tokyo gore police have either of you seen that oh yes. i love tokyo gore i think police. tokyo gore police that... would be a slime glopola movie Oh God, yeah. Uh, but all those movies are the Tokyo uh, Extreme Shock movies. So you've got that. You've got Meatball Machine. You've got um, Machine Girl. You've got, uh, I mean, yeah, um, Negative Happy Chainsaw Edge. But yeah, uh, Tokyo Gore Police is amazing. God, the the Tokyo uh, the Tokyo Gore movies are basically just live action adaptations of the RoboCop versus Terminator game on Sega. Yeah. Oh, uh, speaking of that, you've got uh, was it Vampire Girl versus Frankenstein Girl? Mm. which oh holy crap (laughs) well all right swinging back to america you i I think i think peter brought it up earlier does the stuff actually count because i i mean yeah Yeah, i I, I mean the stuff itself is the bad guy and is the monster and it is gloopy but it's gloopy yes you know it's just controlling the people i would say the stuff maybe counts I'd say it counts because I'd it's, say it's, it counts. It's very much in the the same vein as the blob. It's this 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 uh omnipresent thing or not omnipresent but it's it's a thing, it's a living weird gloopy thing that uh well people eat it and then they change, they kind of turn into zombies and then later on when they're way too infected by it, they pretty much break down and you know, obviously the uh the chocolate chip charlie bit uh shows you what what happens when it's in your system for too long i i'd say that one definitely counts as a weird like body melt gloopy type uh slimy horror movie no one's as dumb as i look <laughs> amazing line i love it what about now this one's a little out there but if you think about it what about parts the clonus horror and the island I mean, they're harvesting people. I, I don't know if that would count as body horror. You know, Michael Clark Duncan's scene in The Island sure as hell does to me. I haven't seen uh, Clonus Horror or whatever that is. That was the movie that they pretty much stole. They lost the lawsuit to. And oh. I think, what was it? 132 counts of plagiarism yeah. or something oh, like that? Yeah, <laughs> they, they lost hard. But okay, does something like The Island or Parts count i mean they're harvesting people for their organs and then you know plot spoiler i guess for parts at the end they just lobotomize them all and just you know put them in a freezer 
I don't know. I mean, that that just kind of sounds like a straight horror movie. I mean, that's technically, if if you want to count that as goopy, like body horror stuff, like uh, you could count Soylent Green. You could yeah, count. You, uh, you could count pieces. You don't really see the the thing. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it, actually, you see it in part. Uh, you know, the clones horror, you kind of see, like, they have the bodies in, like, you know, Ziploc bags. In in the island, it's more kind of implied, and you don't really see it as much. Well, you, mm-hmm. you, you see all those vacuum sacks filled with the KY jelly that they're cutting open, and then when they're getting rid of the whole product line, there's, like, these half-formed people in the sacks that are... <gasps> Yeah, it's, but I mean, it's not as, but I mean, you don't, like, it's not as, like, graphic, and yeah, I mean, they do show, like, some of the, you know, they're, they're the, uh, not completely, you know, made fetuses or whatever, so yeah, they, but again, it's not shown really all that much, because it was still PG-13, so... I, I guess, I mean, it would, you know, it would be more body horror than it would be, um, you know, gloop. I think in order for a movie to be a gloopy movie, there has to be a lot of gloop. What mm. about you need a fair share of gloop? What about William Malone's creature? Mm. You know, it's got those little those little like spider things that attach to the side of people's heads after they're dead and make them talk, and then the guy's face gets ripped off, and and then of course you've got the whole totally not Geiger's alien alien that they get attacked <laughs> by at the end. What about creature? I'd count that one. I mean, it's enough like uh, Ridley Scott's Alien in the Slime Factor. It's got some of that whole uh, weirdness to it. I would, I'd count Creature. Yeah, that's that's a nice little gloopy, gory type uh, alien movie. And it, it counts. And even though even though it's only implied because we don't see it, correct me if I'm wrong, but the first guy it kills. The, the the guy getting his picture taken, does it pull all of his internal organs out through his asshole? Because that's heavily what's implied. <laughs> um, it's very possible. I I, I think so. Because it's heavily implied it sort of reaches up his ass and pulls all of his internal organs out. But again, we don't see it. That's just the implication I got, or I'm reading way too much into it. I think no, um, I'm going to see that wrong. as canon. I think that happened. <laughs> Okay, what is it about, like, a body horror film? Like, what would you call it? Obviously, there's, you know, mutations, your body's changing. What is it that that makes so many of these? Why do we keep, we as the viewers and as filmmakers, I guess, keep going to this well? Why do we keep going to, it's really graphic to see, you know, people's fingernails falling off and they're pulling their tongues out and stuff like this. Why do we keep going to this? I think it's just um a yearning for the absurd, just to see something weird for the, the sake of it being weird because it's something that's disturbing and slimy and something that's not quite in your in your comfort zone. It's it's a different kind of, of horror and it's a different kind of science fiction. It's it's very visceral and I think it, it challenges your, your stomach a little bit. And I think that's what that's what makes these movies kind of fun. I think it's that, you know, we're we're all human and it's always interesting to see like something weird happen to the human body. I mean, it's why when you find out something like the tree man in, I think it was in Indonesia where he's got these warts growing all over his body that makes him look like he's turning into a tree. Like you, you're like, holy shit, I need to, I need to see this. And you go and you watch it or you see somebody with a, a giant tumor on their head. And it's, yeah. it's just that shocking thing of, of, oh my God, you know, you, cause you know what a human body is supposed to look like and then you're seeing this you know horrible thing happening to it and i think that's the thing it's the um uh in a way i guess kind of uh voyeurism to that where you need to see uh this this like 
the the body just being deconstructed. Yeah, it's a very very much like a morbid curiosity. Could this even extend to something like the cyberpunk genre with people who are replacing their own body parts, like almost intentional body horror? They're removing their own natural body parts to put enhancements, in quotes, into themselves, like something like Dolph Lundgren's character, a street preacher in Johnny Mnemonic, mm. where he actually has more more augmented a or fake parts of himself than he has natural bits anymore. Isn't that sort of a body horror aspect? kind of is yeah there's an element to it for sure you know i i think you know to to equate to the real world like you have all these people with the body modifications they get their earlobes all stretched out or get scales literally put onto them or have their teeth filed to points and all this and it's like mm. that that's that's real world crap that's just being a hipster that's just weirdos but I, i'm just thinking about something you know like like a, oh no we're we're body shaming oh no oh, oh no oh <laughs> you want you want to look like a permanent character in the X Files? Then you you can go do that. Go right ahead. Go right ahead. That's your bag. I'm just allowed to make fun of you. Exactly. Free country. And good luck ever getting an actual job after that. <laughs> if my waitress yeah. came over looking like a lizard lady, no, you're not getting a tip. Sorry. And I'm well, sending no, my she's... food back. If she's still a good waitress or whatever, I, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna, not gonna judge on that. I mean, but yeah, it is a lot of, you know, I also kind of look at it as some of these things, I, I just don't understand the, the earlobe thing. Like that, I'm just like, you have to realize that you're gonna come to a point where you're not gonna want that anymore. And then you're gonna be like, ah, oh, god, why did I, why did I put, cork in my ear and make my earlobe huge or or, like, or, or if you or if you go to africa the giant plate lipped thing that they used to do well that's mm. like a that's like a a, a traditional it's a I ceremonial mean, it's thing yeah. ceremonial thing it's very weird but i mean but that's that's different than i mean here it's just hey what can i do to stand out you know i, I know i'm gonna put cork in my earlobe but i mean but you know what i mean hey you know, different strokes, different folks, whatever. That's what they want to do. I, I would never tell somebody that they couldn't do it. I would never stand mm. in anyone's way of doing it. But yeah. I just, I personally think it's just silly. Yeah. Okay. What about, I, I'm going to stick with the science fiction genre here. You guys have seen Fortress, right? What about the intestinators? Mm. Oh, hell yeah. What about the intestinators and that? Because I mean, you know, they're, they're having this thing shoved down their throat, which wreaks havoc on their system that they don't want. I don't know about you guys, but that scene where they're using the magnets from Wes's intestinator to pull the ones out of their throat, that hurts to watch, man. Oh yeah, that's, that's gross. It's, it, yeah, it is physically like, oh, like it does, it does make you cringe. Mm. And maybe it's just the acting, but they look like they are not enjoying this. <laughs> mm -hmm. Maybe that's just the actors, though. But, I mean, you know, body horror doesn't necessarily have to be a Cronenbergian kind of thing. Like I said, it, it, no. it, it could be something like, I don't want to say like in a Hostel movie, but I, I would say like, you know, the Hostel and Hostel 2 would even maybe count. Because, I mean, you're, you're f***ing these people up so hard, these are things you're not going to recover from. Let's assume, like Paxton in the first movie, you survive. You're never going to recover from the damage that was done to you. You know, no, you're not going to get better. Doctors cannot fix what's been done to you. And I would say even yeah. Hostel 2, when she cuts that guy's penis off and, you know, lets him bleed to death. Oh, God. It's such a, it's, uh, look, I know you don't like it, but it's such a terrific thing where she just cuts it off and just throws it. It's just, oh, like, it's so good. Let him bleed. <laughs> it's done really well. Like, it's, all right, you know, she, she got back big time. Yeah. But, okay, so... 
body horror, slime glopola movies. There are a lot of these. And slime glopola, that's a Joe Bob Briggs term. He always used to use it? Yeah, he always used to use it on Monster Vision, you know, and, and then such and such turns into a giant slime glopola monster. At least that's the first place <laughs> I ever heard it, and I've always liked that term, slime glopola monster. What is the difference between, say, a slime city or a street trash or, you know, Robocop, a meal's death versus something like Frankenstein? I mean, other than the whole literal or figurative lack of slime, what's the real difference between Frankenstein's monster and this stuff? Well, Frankenstein is solid, whereas these gloppy things are eventually just going to be soup. But you you have to imply, at least, that Frankenstein's monster is going to keep deteriorating. Yes, he's been brought back by recently dead flesh, but that flesh is still going to decay. He's still going to start deteriorating. The, I mean, like I said, we couldn't they couldn't show that in the 1930s, but he's still going to decay. He's still going to decompose. Ah, there's always another bolt of lightning waiting for old Frankenstein. So it'll just re-energize his dead cells? I guess that's what it did in the movie. That's what it does in the, the book or whatever, so sure. I, I think that's kind of the difference, though, is there's different sorts of... Like, I mean, Frankenstein, Frankenstein's monster or whatever, it's kind of... It's one of the original sort of living dead zombie-type stories, whereas if you look at the slimy, gloopy-type movies like Street Trash or Slime City or The Incredible Melting Man, it's... It's this horrible disposition that gets placed on somebody or, or a group of people where they're just either infected with something or splashed with some sort of acid or they ingest something and it's killing them from the inside and they just start melting away gruesomely and they're dripping and parts of them are, are falling off. It's a different kind of horror. These types of characters aren't necessarily a threat to you. Like if, if somebody was coming at you all melting and shit, it might look scary, but they're not acting really threatening you that very physically other than like well the incredible melting man is like killing people but when you look at street trash it's people it's it's really the viper itself that's kind of the villain of the picture you drink it and it starts killing you and people walk around and all their shit's falling off and stuff like that frankenstein is a monster that'll rip you in half it's it these are kind of the differences whereas frankenstein the monster itself is the monster in these slime glopola movies it's sort of whatever they're eating or whatever is infecting People like the the threat is not the melting people. The threat is the malt liquor or the stuff or the weird uh, wine that the guy drinks in his in his apartment building. I'd, I'd say that's kind of kind of the difference. The context of how it it happens to the individual or individuals. What about like a werewolf? Then we brought up American Werewolf in London. But what about his first transformation? You know, his hands are being elongated, his jaw is coming out, or the howling when Robert Picardo starts turning near the end. That's one of the grossest werewolf transformations I've ever seen. No, it's awesome. Or, or, or even uh, Michael Dotry's Trick or Treat when when the, all the, the werewolf girls, they're like literally taking their skin off and the werewolf, mm. you know, girls are underneath it and stuff. I mean, if you think about it, werewolves are kind of body horror in a in a way. Uh, oh no, they definitely are. I mean, in, in, in Trick whole, or Treat, like, uh... in Trick or Treat, and even Robert Picardo and the Howling were embracing it. Man, he was not enjoying that in American Werewolf. Well, I mean, the the whole thing with um werewolf stuff, like it's you you could almost see it as like the horror of growing pains. You know, you're growing, you're developing into into something else. You know, when we're we're going through puberty and stuff, or our bones are, are extending, our, our flesh and meat is getting bigger. It, it's, and that hurts like when you're growing up, especially if you like you're, you're going through a growth, growth spurt. So that could kind of be the, the horror of that, but escalated like fing 15 fold. 
I, I have to say Robert Cardo's transformation in the howling, the sound effects, because you got all these like mm. bone breaking sound effects as his fingers are getting longer. That yes. always, that always affected me. There was a show on Netflix called Hemlock Grove that has a phenomenal werewolf transformation scene. What happens is when he turns into the werewolf, what happens is all of his skin and everything falls off. Mm. And he, when he's, when he's a wolf, then he has to eat all of his like body parts and all the skin that fell off. Oh my God. So, so it's like, you know, all this skin and hair and his eyeballs and everything else. And it all like, and so it's all just there. And then he has to eat it all. And then, you know, he goes out on a killing rampage and it's, it's done really well. It's, it's mostly practical. And it just looks outstanding. And uh, I'm pretty sure, is, pretty sure I have seen that. Yeah, that's that's gruesome. Yeah, it's really vicious, and it set the tone for the series. It was really good. How about how about Quato? Total Recall. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Total Recall is kind of a, if you think about it, a very slimy movie overall. There's a lot of mutants. There's the whole thing when like the eyes bulge out and stuff when they're on the uh, the surface of Mars. There's also Miss Triple Nipple. Miss Triple mm-hmm. Nipple. Yes. You know what? Yeah, yeah, Total Recall is a slime movie, totally. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'm absolutely gonna, gonna call that, sure. Okay, so, to end tonight then, why do you like body horror slime glupola movies? I don't know, it's something I didn't even like when I was a kid. Like, one of the most, like, horrible images to me ever when I was like six or seven years old was seeing Emil melt in Robocop. Like, it really affected me. Shortly after that, I saw David Cronenberg's Fly, I think that, the very same year so i hated that at first but then i kept revisiting it and revisiting it and now it's something that that just intrigues me it, i don't know why i think i i have this fascination with uh science going wrong or, or chemicals altering people's bodies to to a horrific point um it's just become something that's that's of great interest to me and maybe that's it's a commentary on on facing your fears because because your fears might end up being one of your favorite things i don't know there's always just been something weird about it like i was saying when i was explaining it it's just you're seeing Seeing the human body turned into something else. Uh, so that's always kind of been just an oddity, but uh, fascinating to me. And uh, a lot of times they're done well. You know, mm. um, it's uh, I very rarely do you see something that kind of qualifies as body horror that uh, that just out of, you know, out and out sucks. I think one we didn't mention, I think it's, uh, one I wanted to, but I never got a chance to, is the end of the, uh, sequel to The Fly. The 80s one, of course, with the dude that gets, uh, you know, when he does the telepod thing and the guy turns into that weird, like, gross fucking dog meat looking thing. Yeah, he gets, he gets him his revenge for, for, you know, the dog, what he did to the dog. And he basically turns him into a dog. Yeah, the the thing with the dog, that's still like, I mean, I, I get teary eyed. I'm just like, the dog. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's done so well. I just thought of another one. The Cenobites are literally body horror. And they're very yeah. slimy. Yes. And they are very slimy. So, I mean, we didn't even talk about the Cenobites, but okay. You so- have slime everywhere. You have slime uh-huh. on the plane of our own existence, and you got slime in hell, too. Well, it's not the Christian hell. It's a day. Shut up. I'm just pointing yeah, out still, what Clive pointed it out. Hell. It's okay, fine. It's slime hell. Well, the, the <laughs> Leviathan hell. Sure. Where can people find Cecil if they wish to slime at him? Please keep your slime to yourself. <laughs> but uh, I'm at uh, goodbedflix.com as well as uh, goodbedflix on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, and 1201beyond.com. And if you think about it, porno movies are very slimy. <laughs> Especially Bukaki. And hence the Bukaki in yes. Nagasaki. They like Bukaki. <laughs> where, can, where can people find Peter watching Bukaki? <laughs> 
<laughs> um, I am always willing to share my slime with, with all of you on uh, Twitter at Zinematica, on Facebook, The Cinematicus, YouTube, The Cinematicus, Patreon at Zinematica or Patreon slash Zinematica. Never get that confused. I have an old Patreon that's up that's The Cinematicus. The one I'm using currently is slash Zinematica. Slash Zinematica for your monies coming to me the way my slime comes to you. Hi-yo! Hey! Um, and 1201beyond.com, of course, where you can find not only my stuff, but a lot of other great entertaining things, a lot of great merchandise. Buy a Radio Drum shirt. Buy one of my shirts. Well, you can find me at 1201beyond.com. I'm relatively clean. I bathe every day. You can contact this show at 1201beyond at gmail.com. Guys, try to be a cut above. Keep one foot in the gutter, one fist in the gold. And keep your slime to yourself. Ready? Rotate.
Radiodrome is a 1201 Beyond production. Find it and other great content at 1201beyond.com.